Hello, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace wrapping in on you. I hope that uh, everybody's off to a great start of their week. Uh, honestly, uh, the last few months have been quite challenging for a brother, but uh, that's life. That's a part of life. Uh, that's what I teach my clients at the Visionetics Institute, Master Fitness 21, at uh, Array of Hope Theological uh, Seminary. Uh, I teach that you're going to have challenges, that life is really truly going to end up being the result of how you responded to adversity. Uh, you don't get to circumvent life. Hello, uh, T. Uh, good to see you this morning. You don't get to circumvent the vicissitudes of life, the struggles, the disappointments, the setbacks. That's not how you gain ground. You gain ground by being persistently resilient in your uh, desire to overcome, to push through, to withstand, to conquer. Uh, that's where uh, not only battles and wars are fought and won, that's where you gain ground, that's where you grow, that's where you build and work and develop and establish your, your legacy. Uh, so when I say that it has been challenging, I'm not saying it from a point of complaining or whining. I'm saying that a <laughs> brother's in it right now in so many different ways. It's crazy. Uh, but I'm still standing. And I have a mantra that says that if I'm still breathing, I'm still in the fight. And if I'm still in the fight, I expect to win. And that's the mindset that we have to have in everything that we take on, whether it's our personal goals, visions, dreams, desires, or whether it's collectively uh, joined together in our push for uh, black liberation, empowerment, uh, justice, and so much more that we consistently fight for. It comes from being resilient. It, be, it, it doesn't come from the one who knows the most. It doesn't come from the one who's most connected. It doesn't come from how many degrees you have. What it comes from simply, um, what, it, what it comes from simply is, are you willing to go the distance? In essence, that's it. Are you willing to go the distance? And Sometimes it's it's challenging. Sometimes it's frustrating. You just simply are facing things that you can't see the outcome. But that's the beauty of it. That's where things happen in that dark space where it requires faith and confidence, confidence in your design, confidence in your purpose, confidence in your skills, abilities, experience, confidence in your relationship with God, however that looks for you. But you're going to have to work through confidence because sometimes it's just not going to look the way that you want it to look. I just want to drop that on you. That's not why I'm here to talk to you today, but I just want to drop that on you. Uh, for those of you who uh, have been with me sometimes, I just want to thank you for your continued support. The people who have rolled with me um, for so long uh, and through so many things back when we had the original page and it was building so much momentum, over 3 million views, uh, almost 20,000 subscribers, uh, we were doing something and we were building and they snatched it and we started over we got a little bit wiser, a little bit more cautious in what we're doing. But also with an understanding that we'll never be safe in what we're doing as long as we're using someone else's uh, platform, as long as we are uh, in a position where the very ones that we're speaking out and standing up against are the ones providing our means of communications, we're going to be vulnerable. Uh, so, again, I urge you to support 
the black media and the ownership of our platforms so that we can speak with clarity, speak with force, uh, be unapologetic. I, I still remain unapologetic. I'm going to speak my truth. I'm just going to know what the rules are. Um, I still uh, am uh, protesting and uh, in the middle of an appeal, they won't give me a final answer because I'm pretty sure there's no justification for taking the site down. Uh, but anyway, here we are. Joe Biden um, is the, for lack of a better term, the front runner in the Dems uh, campaign to determine who's going to represent the Democrat Party in uh, the next presidential election. Um, the, the thing that I see in so many ways, and I've said this on multiple occasions, is that because the Dems are still playing with an old strategy of rhetoric, of playing friendly, but not producing policy, not producing planning, not having a clear and concrete way that they're going to address the multitudinous issues of their constituents. Uh, they aren't gaining the momentum necessary to even be a threat to Donald Trump. And people don't get it because people operate on their feelings. They believe because Trump's unlikable, he's unelectable. And that's not true. He proved that in 2000 and was it 16, 17, whatever it was, he proved that then and he's coming back and he's going to prove again. And he's come up with a new strategy where he doesn't have to pander and play around for the black vote. Uh, he's playing on the emotions of the disenfranchised lower middle class uh, and predominantly white, uh, highly extreme right. And that's what he's playing and planning his cards and uh, also with uh, the white female population, the very ones that are running campaigns like Me Too and so many more that deal with uh, the marginalization of women are voting uh, in high numbers for uh, Trump. And so there's a lot to say about that. I don't want to get into that right now. What I want to get into is this uh, statement that he made. There's one thing that both Republicans and Democrats have done for years, and that's to redirect and project the fallibility and the failure of or inability of Blacks to develop and gain wealth solely on the shoulders of Black. The disenfranchisement of the Black community is constantly blamed on Blacks. Now, while I'll be the first and I have written, I have spoken, I have lectured on the fact that we have a lot that we are failing to do and a lot of things we need to do, there's by far plenty of empirical evidence that goes and shows that it is not simply a decision that needs to be made by Blacks. It's not simply a failure of Blacks to practice any one particular or a group of different principles and practices in order to overcome uh, this great disparity that we're experiencing by way of socioeconomic realities, uh, where you're talking about uh, white, uh, how, white median household wealth being somewhere around $140,000 uh, for whites and being less than 5,000 
dollars for blacks and how we got there. We can go back and we can talk about so much uh, back with black codes that didn't allow us to own a, uh, by property in the South, uh, redlining that punished communities that sold to blacks and would not finance black purchases and black businesses to urban renewal, benign neglect that pushed blacks, which is a part of serial force displacement uh, that pushed uh, blacks out of their communities and dispersed them uh, across uh, different different communities. And uh, the descendant of both urban renewal and benign neglect is now gentrification and how that works. The miseducation of black youth, uh, the indoctrination of uh, the black uh, black collective as a whole uh, through all types of media narratives, all type of media uh, propagandized messages. And it's so huge. And I haven't even scratched the surface in talking about how this plays out. So but he he says that one of the ways that we could uh, address this disparity is by dealing with the fact that black parents uh, secondly, I'm going to go second and then first. So the second thing he said was that black parents don't show up and aren't involved in uh, the schooling of their children because they are fearful that their level of education or the fact that they are not educated will be exposed and they're embarrassed. That's the first thing. That's the second thing. The first thing he said is that uh, that black parents need to do a better job of introducing their kids to a larger vocabulary. And he uh, indirectly quotes a study from the early 80s that says that white children by the age of three have been introduced to 30 million more, have heard 30 million more words. Uh, so in other words, in conversation, not necessarily individual or unique words, but have heard 30 million words by age three. So there's a dialect and conversation. Now this study, that he's quoting was done in the early 80s. And you have to remember, for those of us who are old enough and for those of us who are not, you have to know that this is right during and on the heels of the back end of a movement in which there was a school of thought that uh, believed in black intellectual inferiority, that blacks were inherently intellectually inferior to whites. And it was being pushed. It was actually the rise of people like Dr. Uh, Francis Cress Wilson, Dr. Naeem Ogbar, uh, Dr. Amos Wilson, who were able to combat that, who were able to present a valid argument uh, through the uh, discovery of and the recording of empirical evidence that blacks are not inherently uh, intellectually inferior. Uh, in fact, we are quite, quite intelligent, uh, quite creative, and can do some pretty remarkable things, all things considered. And but but he quotes this old, outdated information and uses it as a way to deflect from the fact that the U.S. government, white uh, enterprise, uh, the white community as a whole, has done all types of things to hide their wealth, to protect their wealth, to guard it from the people whom they use to go, to to build it, and. Uh, that's why you've got the big pushback against reparations. That's why you're constantly looking at 
a bunch of things. And so what happens is he refuses to acknowledge that there's new evidence, new empirical data, new research done. One of the problems with the original research, if though for those uh, for researchers who are going to be there, those who are actual researchers and, and, and practice scientific method. One of the problems with the original research is number two, uh, the uh, potential for bias. Both uh, authors of the study were white. Uh, so there's already a pre-existing strong bias uh, because the cultural bias along those lines is so strong. Uh, hell, we were just now establishing ourselves as being human uh, not too long before this taking place. So the idea that we are equally intelligent was not a, um, an idea that was strongly held by the vast majority of white people. And just imagine this was just back in the 80s. So uh, the second thing and the second problem by it is equal or greater than the first. And that is that the, uh, the, the size of the group uh, being studied was extremely small, all things considered. We're talking about a total of 45 families studied over the course of the study to determine, you know, basically that they say 30 million um, word, oh, 30 million word deficit for blacks. Well, the new study saw need to examine and to view things uh, from a lens that is willing to observe and take into account uh, the possibility of something a little more complex. Anytime that political figures or white heads give you a simplified panacea for our problems, you have to understand uh, that it's never that simple and it's never that complex. That's why I tell our people who are constantly talking about when it comes to mass incarceration, for instance, talking about that's poor decision making. Yeah, it's poor. It's not the best decision making. But have you looked at all of the variables? Number one, are we looking at the uh, wealth of data that says that impoverished areas are going to be more crime written? Why? because impoverished areas have to resort to certain things to feed the family. You only have three ways that you feed your family. And I've, I've talked about this before. You have earning an income, which is either you have a job or you have a business. Um, if you can't get hired and you don't have a business, the second is going to be entitlements or subsidies uh, from the government or from some other agency. If you don't qualify for that, the only other option is some form of criminality. You're going to have to steal. You're going to have to run numbers. You're going to have to you know, sell drugs. There's going to be some form of criminality that's going to qualify you for the system. That's why you can see the engineering of poverty into the social construct. Why? Because that guarantees a prison population. We are the most industrialized uh, nation on the planet, and yet we have the highest prison population by far. And it's a reason for that. It is a business now. It is literally an economy. You've got, matter of fact, you got politicians running their campaigns through call centers that are being operated and manned by prisoners. That's how crazy this is. So there's a benefit to the incarceration. So you simply manipulate the natural, cultural, and social influences that put people at risk. If you put a person in a position of poverty, they're more than likely to practice criminality than if not. They're also more than likely to commit violence than if not. Those are just simply uh, along the lines of poverty. It doesn't matter what the race is. It, the studies have shown that if you put a person in an impoverished situation where they cannot consistently support themselves, they will result to at the very minimum stealing to eat, which is a crime. 
which has some people locked up. There's a man that I think stole something like a total of uh, less than $3 worth of stuff and did 30 years for it based on different policies and laws that are put in effect to capitalize on this very thing. And that's just uh, one element that's out of line. I just spent 10 minutes talking about that makes what he said stupid and dangerous. And yet he's still walking around talking about it. Now, let's not forget why we're talking about he's making this statement about it's really on the backs of the parents. Don't get me wrong. I, uh, I, I mentioned this both in my book, uh, The Miseducation of Black Youth in America and Born in Captivity, Psychopathology as a Legacy of Slavery. I mentioned it both times that as parents, we have a greater responsibility to holistically educate our children. I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that we don't have a responsibility. What I'm arguing against is that that's the reason why that there's this disparity and that 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 blacks don't have an equal footing in the ability to access the necessary tools uh, and resources to build wealth. That's not the case. We, we've been locked out by policy. We've been locked out by government rules and laws, uh, the practicing of corporate America in the locking out from 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 uh, lenders. Big kind of hard to build your business at the rate of the next person of the next race when you don't have access to the funding. Uh, now, again, this isn't me giving us a free pass. It's simply saying, no, we're not going to buy that BS that you're sending us. We're going to talk about it. And it's a lot more complex. Well, the new study that came out proved just that, that it's a lot more complex than what was presented in the original study some 35 years ago. What we find out is that the idea that parents aren't involved or that kids have, uh, aren't involved is not the truth. The biggest issue was segregation, mass incarceration, and poorly funded schools. The three biggest issues with why black kids are lagging has absolutely nothing to do with how many words they learn in the first three years. The second part of it, I also find out that they're not lagging, that the uh, average black kid between birth and age three has a very... Uh, robust uh, engagement and stimulation and vocabulary. While it may not be the same vocabulary as whites, blacks communicate consistently. The word deficit isn't really there. The vocabulary, as far as European vocabulary, may be an issue. And that's why you see kids, uh, black kids are normally 15 points on average behind in quote unquote um, uh, IQ scores. It's because of the vernacular. See, but vocabulary shouldn't actually be a part of an IQ test. IQ is not about knowledge. It's about intelligence. Two totally different things. And people don't understand that knowledge is something you acquire and learn. Intelligence is something you have from birth. It's your ability to process. It's your ability to resolve. It's your ability to solve. It's your ability to see something and figure out how it works. That's intelligence. That has nothing to do with uh, knowledge. Knowledge is, okay, you taught me this. If you can acquire it through learning, then it shouldn't be in an IQ test. But they do that to give the kids a boost so they have an argument that white kids are just naturally smarter than black kids. The truth is that's not the case. And I've written on that. I've talked about that. I point that out in a uh, position paper that I wrote on the disproportionality of black young black males being referred to special education. And so. OK. 
Did I unplug it? No. Yeah, it does. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, so that's that's one part of it. You got this idea that you know there's no parent involvement, uh, and that we find that while we still have a lot of work to do, it I don't believe that we can get everything that we need from a public school system. Because see, then when we start talking about uh, trusting the public school system, what we're saying is we're trusting first of all an inferior system which ranks about 12 in educational public educational systems around the world. It's not even the best public educational system. And then we're talking about a system that is created, ran, operated, and primarily manned by a group of people who do not benefit from our truly being educated and empowered. Now, what they want to do with us is indoctrinate us. What they want to do with us is condition us and train us so that we are compliant and pliable and uh, ready to be plugged into the systems, the corporations, and the programs that they've created to manage their wealth, to protect their wealth, and to grow their wealth. So they prepare us for jobs, jobs for companies that aren't owned by blacks, jobs for companies that will pay blacks a fraction of what they're truly worth, jobs that are set up and designed to make those who created them wealthy and to exploit those who don't understand. And so what we are responsible for is saying we cannot holistically trust a system that is designed to not empower, but to prepare our children to serve other people. We are going to have to understand that if we don't start developing a mindset of ownership, if we don't start developing a clear paradigm of the importance of owning our own we're going to have problems. So the uh, my 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 uh, definition for education or to educate my 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 my, my definition isn't the uh, the attainment of academic skills. Uh, that's a very small portion. Uh, it, it's about understanding first who you are. So my definition of education is real simple. It is the preparation and empowerment of an individual to be able to go out into a world as an adult and not only compete in an environment that is naturally and inherently hostile towards them, but win. So that means you have to have a sense of self because if you don't have a sense of self, you won't have the confidence to make the moves that are necessary to obtain the things you need uh, and to position yourself in in the position of power. If you don't have the confidence, you will consistently wait on someone to tell you who you are. If you don't have the confidence, you will consistently wait on someone to give you the opportunity you have within yourself to create. If you don't have a sense of who you are, you will consistently listen to other people define you your entire life, and you will never ever truly live out the true meaning of your potential and your purpose. That's the first thing. Our children have to know who they are, not what the, not what the world tells them they are, not what their current condition may indicate, but who they are inherently, who they are historically, not just in this small little vacuum of time that talks about slavery and 
the ramifications and the fallout of slavery. I'm talking about historically. What does it mean to be a melanated person? What does it mean to have an overactive and fully functional pineal gland? All of these things are things that are naturally inherent to them in the most physical of things before we even get to the deepest part of their true nature and spirituality and power. They have to understand who they are inside and outside of a system that is trying to devour them. That's our responsibility. But what we cannot do is while we are developing the capacity to function in our responsibility to holistically educate our children, what we cannot do is allow the enemy, those who have exploited us, those who have oppressed and manipulated us, those who have hidden what belongs to us to come in and tell us that we are solely responsible for the condition we're in, that 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 redlining didn't have a thing to do with it. That convict leasing didn't have a thing to do with it. That Jim Crow segregation didn't have a thing to do with it. That poor funding in public education doesn't have an, a, a thing to do with it. That benign neglect, gentrification, serial force displacement as a whole did not have anything to do with it. That all of these things that are happening in propagandized information through multiple media channels, where you are constantly feeding an image of the black man as being violent, uncontrollable, and hateful, that he is lazy, that he is unpurposed, that he does not work when the truth, of, that, that he that he covets nothing but white women when the truth of the matter is 88% of our black men, regardless of success level, marry black women that black men get up every day on a regular basis and go to work. That we are not inherently lazy. That we are not naturally bent towards violence and uh, uh, criminality. Now, are we in, in, in many ways still dealing with untreated issues by way of generational trauma? Absolutely. Are we even close to being at our best? No, we are not. But that does not mean that we are not functioning, that there are men, that there aren't black men who absolutely adore and love black women to death and wouldn't have nothing but. I don't deal with anybody that, that, that has an issue with black women holistically. I don't tell brothers who they should choose, but I teach. I teach the love of the black woman to our little black boys. And young men, uh, the Black Men Lead Rite of Passage Initiative, something I designed after studying uh, African-American, adolescent, and young adult male violence, after I studied and understood what the primary factors were in predicting and, and stopping male violence in the Black community uh, from young Black males, adolescents, and young adults, I came up with the Black Men Lead Rite of Passage Initiative the proper way to socialize a black man in the manhood. And I can tell you that what we teach first and foremost is we protect our women. We love our women. Our women are our most prized asset and we will die protecting our women. We will never be the cause of harm to our women. We're going to lower the number and statistics from intimate partner violence and intimate partner homicide because that's not what black men do. That's not what healthy, whole, ready to work, ready to go put in, the, in this work type of a black man. 
We understand that we packing a lot of things. We understand that we don't have true safe spaces where we can admit our inadequacies. We know that we don't have a true safe space where we can sit up and say, sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we don't have it figured all out. Sometimes it ain't all good. Despite that, we're going to stand and we're going to push on. We're going for ourselves, create these spaces. We're not going to whine about it. We're going to work on it. And that's what we teach. But what I can tell you is we cannot buy into this crap that's being pushed on us. Let's talk about the music. The music is a conditioning mechanism. They tell you it's just entertainment. But what I'm telling you is that the subconscious mind cannot determine the difference between what's entertainment and what's real, what's real structural principle. If you sit up and you listen long enough to F that B, that becomes a concept. The more you hear it, the less value you put on black women. When you hear get your paper by all means necessary enough, when you're talking about moving weight, and it's praising the people who do it. And you see the people who say they move weight, living a life that you could never possibly live from where you're sitting and where you're looking. So it gives it an idea that that's my way out. That's how I'm going to make it. See, they're not promoting black doctors. They're not promoting black lawyers. They're not promoting black business owners. They're not promoting the fact that actually some of the wealthiest black people in the world have never caught a football, shot a shot, or stood behind a microphone. What we need to really truly do is be the people that are actually showing the children the true images and the power and the creativity. We're not telling them that the man that invented the traffic light was a black man. We're not telling them that the man uh, that came by, Louis Latimer, that came by and said, Edison, why don't you try the filament in the light bulb and maybe it'll stay on longer. But we get Edison, Edison, Edison in the light bulb without the but, but without Latimer, uh, uh, without Latimer, there's no light until whenever. We 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 don't see that contribution of the black people introduced. We don't talk about African Nile civilization enough to understand that while they were in the dark ages, we were doing things that people still can't figure out how we did it thousands of years later. The black mind is unbridled when we release it. We've got a bunch of restricted minds because we are allowing their system to govern how we think. Joe Biden. And the crazy thing is, that's the best that the Dems have to offer. Now, keep in mind, he's the one that wrote the criminal criminal bill that became law that started the, 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 the uh, stoking and, and put uh, mass incarceration on steroids. That's the bill brought in by Bill Clinton. You know, this whole idea that Dems are on our side. Well, hell, Dems are the ones that started the process that um, started the disintegration of the black family in the mid-1960s. That was under Johnson. Then we come in and Clinton is the catalyst behind mass incarceration. Go back and look at that bill and then understand that Joe Biden not only authored the bill, but sponsored it and pushed it. And this is the same time that Hillary Clinton were calling our boys super predators. And the truth of the matter is, while we were being stopped at an alarming rate uh, without probable cause, uh, the numbers were showing that white men were more likely actually carrying drugs than black men. But we were being stopped at a disproportionate uh, rate. 
searched at a disproportionate rate. And now we're finding that a bunch of our boys and young men were being uh, railroaded with planet drugs, falsified statements, and so much more. All of this under this guy that everybody's getting older. And our older people are going to be our older people. I am not going to malign them. I'm not going to attack them. But you got a bunch of old people that are riding with Joe simply because he's the front runner in the Democrat race. They're not looking at anything because the old the old guard was never trained to ask for something in return for a vote. The old guard was under the idea just because I can vote, I'm special. So I'm going to go out and vote Democrat because they are so nice. They and, and, and they talk about it. I don't know how you can sit up and use the analogy of the right wing and the left wing of the government and not realize that both of those wings are on the same bird. And that bird has been shitting on us since we landed on the shores of this country 400 years ago. 1619 is when all this officially kicked off. And so, you know, and, 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 and we've got to get out of this blind trust. We've got to get out of this, uh, you know, what, what, what party are you with? Party identification, political identity, identity politics. What we need is somebody with a plan, somebody with a policy, someone with measurable steps that we can sit up and say, OK, this is what you're going to do. And we can look at it and we can measure whether they're doing it or not. So we know if we're going to ride with them the next time around, we got to make some alliances with people that may not look like us, but are willing to sit up and take us. But the thing is, nobody's going to take us serious until we start establishing an economic floor on which we can stand. Now, the ideal situation would be have them to run us our money. Cut the check. But what we cannot do is sit around. And I heard so, someone came on and and mentioned the fact that someone that I admire a lot, Dr. Claude Anderson, I've studied all his work and I've actually had a chance to communicate with him and his wife, Joanne. Uh, I let them look over my code of uh, behavior, code of conduct and my blueprint, which is on the site, the blueprint for black empowerment and the code of conduct for black empowerment. I had him look over it. And the one thing that he and I disagreed on is that if we didn't get this thing done by 2012 or 2013, if blacks didn't start to establish our own economy, that we will be forever locked in as an underclass. I don't agree with that. I don't agree. I don't agree in life, period, in a life fluent and spiritual that you're ever locked into anything. That's just my personal belief, uh, because if that's the case, I was locked into a lot of things coming from poverty. And you're talking to a man that never met his father. First time I saw my dad was in his casket. You know how many things in, 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 in social in social theory and social studies and, and all these other things that said I should have just been crap. I grew up in an impoverished neighborhood where I saw death on a regular basis. I grew up where I saw more people that were going to be headed to prison than that would be headed to college. I grew up in all of that. And the thing is, said when you got a kid like that and then the kid has a volatile temper because I, I was hot headed young that I wasn't expected to live to the age of 18. So I don't buy into that. So but I heard somebody bring that up that without reparations, we're dead. That's what they want you to think, because if they take your hope. You're dead in the water. Hopelessness is the most destructive force known to man, because when you have hope, you have no energy or desire to move forward. 
Nobody goes after something that they don't at least have the hope that they can achieve. So if I tell you, if you don't have this, you can't make it, then turn around and tell you, you can't have it. I've got you exactly where I want you. So now that you don't have, you can't make it without it and you don't have it, go out there now and do what we tell you to do because that's your only hope now. No, that's not my only hope. I'm going to stand on something. I'm going to believe in it and I'm going to be a part of something. The problem that we have as a people, and I've said this numerous times, is that we don't have enough men. And I'm specifically talking to men I'm specifically talking to men, but it can apply to women. But men, I want you to hear me. We don't have enough men who are willing to plant seeds that they might not live long enough to see come to fruition. We got a bunch of people who need to be patted on the back for what they've done. So we got a bunch of people looking for quick fixes. We got a bunch of people that think you can get out of 400 years of oppression in three years. So you got a bunch of people trying to come up quick and not understanding you got to build your way out, work your way out, train your way out, mentally condition your way out. You got to have an entire generation of black kids that 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 actually believe everything that we talk about and we speak about and we teach about and we, we mention on these platforms. We haven't done that yet. And until we do that, we're not. And it will be that generation that will be the catalyst to move things forward. And it will be the generation after them that will start to realize the power. And see, none of us are going to be here for that. And because we're not, we won't even try it. Why? Because we're selfish like that. We're selfish to the point that we, if we can't get a piece of it, we're not going to plant it. We're not going to plant a tree that we'll never be able to pull from or harvest from. That's the problem. We need black men who are willing to go out and start planting seeds in the minds of our young men that, that, that there's an honor in being protective of our women, that there's an honor in owning our own businesses, that there's an honor in lifting up other brothers who are hurting, not trying to find a way to destroy them, that we are not enemies of ourselves. It needs men planting seeds to young black girls, that you are beautiful beyond measure, that there's something unique and special in every ounce and orifice of your life and your existence and your soul. We need men who will sit up and say, I won't live to see this. The last time I remember men like that was Malcolm, Martin, Medgar, that knew because they were willing to plant the seed that their lives would be shortened, but the seed would give hope to a few. Now, the thing was that the few would continue to practice, but somewhere along the way, we got lost. We do more hero worship of Malcolm, Martin, and, 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 and Medgar, whichever uh, principles you follow. I think at, at some point, uh, they all had a mindset of empowering the people. It took Martin a little longer to get there, but you see, the moment he got there, they killed him because he became a threat. As long as he was talking about integrating, as long as he was talking about eating in the same places, they understood that he would be financing the the the, the blacks that were eating in white establishments, blacks that were spending their money with white businesses would actually be financing their own demise. And so he decided, no, we we need you to cut the check. We are now going to start establishing an economic floor. He had to go. Matter of fact, in 1999, the government was found guilty of being directly involved in his death. I, I'm not going to go into details for that, but I, I spent a lot of time learning about that. It's crazy. The lengths they went to to take this man out. But that was after he decided that it's going to take economic power. But see, what's happening now is we don't have enough men that are sit up and say, I don't have to see it as long as I know it's coming. 
I'm going to plant the seed. I'm going to show younger men how to love. That 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 there's there's no honor in being hard to your woman. You got to know how to be hard on the battlefield and be soft and absorbent and loving and intimate and, and affectionate in the home. Your children need to know that you're strong, but they also need to know that you love them. You got to teach this. You got to ingrain it into their minds. It's got to be inculcated into their psyche. Joe Biden, <laughs> black people are embarrassed to be involved in their children's education because they are uneducated themselves. And he got this quote unquote because his wife used to be a school teacher and that was her opinion. Not from any scientific study or evaluation or even a survey, just him talking to his wife He's come to the conclusion that we are uneducated and therefore uninterested in being involved in our children's lives. And what we have to do now is show him in, in, in every way possible just how involved we are. We need to be more involved in the preparation and empowerment of our youth, preparing them to go out and win in a world where they are the enemy just by being black. We've got to be more involved in a political process, not just handing out a vote because we feel that we got this vote and it's a responsibility. No, the, the responsibility is not in voting. The responsibility is in placing the vote in the right place. Yes, Brenda, he said that in 2019, the vote, the responsibility to vote is is in putting the vote in the right place. See, if you say something is valuable, you don't go waste it on just anything, do you? If you got money, you say, I worked hard for this month and somebody walks up to you with an old steel ring made with glass gems and you can look at it and tell that at, at its best is worth a dollar and 50 cents. And he says, I'll give it to you now because you really need one. I'm going to give it to you now for $100. Are you going to spend the $100 on the dollar ring? Hell no. So why are you putting your vote that you keep saying our ancestors went through so much to have? Why are you putting it in crooks that are showing you that they're not going to do for you solely because you think you've got to use it. No, you don't have to spend it until there's something to spend it on. And if there's nothing to spend it on, then you step up and become that thing. We need a new party. That would scare the hell out of them. We need a new party. We need to say, and we're, we're never going to get a person in the, in the White House. The White House ain't where we need to be worried about. That's because we don't understand politics. The president has always been a fat vassal position. The power comes from the influence. The senators have more power and play than the president. Now he gets to play, you know, with his little toys. He can send our boys off to go fight, fight battles and stuff. He can't declare a war without Congress. So they're never going to put one person in charge of all of this because one person will fool around and give it back <laughs> to, to, to the people it really belongs to. It's always checks and balances. And so you got to know where the checks and balances are. And that's where you put your energy. We've got to learn how things work. That's why we lose this, because we are playing a game based off of what they tell us the rules are. That's not the rules. 
That's what they tell you the rules are. They got you playing a game by one set of rules. They're playing by a different set. And you wonder why they always win. That's our responsibility. But I just had to address this thing with Joe Biden. Blaming black folks for all of the problems. Again, I'm not saying that we don't have some culpability. Uh, that's some things that we should be doing. That's some things we need to do. And we've got some healing to do. I talk about that a lot. My wife and I, we work hard uh, on the healing side of things, the social issues, the consulting, uh, the counseling. Uh, we're dealing with that on a heavy level. Uh, there's so much that we have to do in that area. Uh, we need to be more focused on holistically educating our kids into their gifts. We are so standardized in how we deal with one another that nobody's walking in their gifts. And they, they can hide most of us from our gifts. They can stifle us because we're never truly operating in the fullness of our potential. It, it is our gifting that is natural and inherent that opens up the possibilities of so many things. That's where our wealth will come from. That's why you're never locked out for those who uh, may have believed I didn't finish that particular idea or thought when I was talking about I don't believe in ever being locked out. That's because I believe that every person has a gift. And I believe that when we collectively come together and we start to operate in our gifts, the very nature of what we produce through our imagination and the way that we work will provide an opening for us, an outlet for us, economic reason and position and power for us. That's just simple. That's the basics of economics is to produce a produce a solution. Hell, we produced most of the stuff because we were the ones being worked to death when it wasn't existing. Shoot, ain't nobody but a black man created the cotton gin because there nobody but black people picking it. And you can go down and look at a bunch of other things that have came out that have made things easier because black people got tired of doing it by hand. We are so powerful, but our power is dormant because we are asking them permission to access it. That has to stop. We have an exceptional ability. Think about everything in this universe is made from melanin and we produce it naturally. If you look, that was the study that was done that kind of was by accident initially. And that was from uh, soldiers coming back from Vietnam War and they were doing autopsies on some of them. And they found out that the black man's pineal gland is significantly larger than the white man's pineal gland. Then they finally find out that that's the source of melanin, but it's also the source of spirituality. It's literally when you literally are able to reach a certain level of consciousness and focus and you're able to start to actually imagine things and see things in a certain light and you raise the intensity of what you see by way of positivity. It literally provides a pressure on the pineal gland that then causes it to crystallize and open up and expand. And at a certain point, it becomes like a little antenna. And it, and it can now go out into the spiritual world and connect by way of frequency of hertz. And it can literally interpret spiritual energy by way of that antenna, it can connect you with things that you were not connected with. That's that natural thing we have. There's a reason that black people, and this is not a myth, this isn't something we make up. That's why a larger number of black people are born with rhythm. I, I look at my little grandson running around here. He ain't even two yet. And you start telling him, go Maji, go Maji, and little dude starts getting it and it's literally rhythm. He's, 
He's in the rhythm. And I ain't talking about how smooth you move. That comes too. I'm talking about the beat, the rhythm. There's an actual reason why we say we walk to the beat of our own drum. There's a rhythm. See, they took you out of rhythm and they want to keep you out of rhythm as long as they can because they understand that success has patterns. Success leaves clues and success moves in the form of pattern and rhythm. And they don't want you to find the rhythm because they can't keep up in the rhythm. Find the rhythm, it's out there. Your pineal gland can connect to it. You gotta first decalcify it because they feed you fluoride. Fluor Everything is fluoridated now. Why? Because fluoride calcifies the pineal gland and renders it ineffective. Get off of the fluoride. Find other ways, do research. Find other ways to decalcify your pineal gland. Put it to work. Find out just how creative you become, how free your thoughts are, how limitless your ideas and imagination are. And if you can imagine, you can come out of any situation. There's a reason why they came up with the term, used to be an old derogatory term called niggerick. And now we've, we've modified it and made it acceptable because we call it now African-American engineering. But we used to call it niggerick. What it was, if we could sit up and if it was something going, we could figure out a way to make it work. We'll figure out, it, it, it ain't looking nothing like it was supposed to look, but we got it working. Why? Because our imagination can go places that the other people's imagination can't go. That's why they still trying to figure out how we built the pyramids. Free yourself. Free your mind. But another thing, and I'm done, is we got to start getting behind one another. We've got to start standing together. We've got to stop thinking with such an individualized mindset. That's where we're losing so much ground is everybody's thinking about it. Nobody cares about something until it's at their door. We've got so many people suffering, so many people sending me emails and phone calls and, and everything else on a regular basis. Sons are, are freaking out. Mothers, single mothers are worried about sons who seem to be on the edge from mentally and emotionally. And, 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 and it's because of the pressure that's being placed on them because they've been targeted. It's because a lot of them have been molested but they can't tell anybody because that's unacceptable and they will be viewed in a light that they don't want to be seen. And then it causes them to question their own sexuality and sexual identity. And so they're frustrated and they're starting to break and we're starting to see a rise in suicide, something that we hadn't seen in blacks. Matter of fact, uh, the child group from age five to 11, blacks are the leading uh, 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 the leading that age group in suicides, five to 11. We're not in first place in any other category in, in, in when it comes to su su uh, suicide statistics, except five to 11. But we, we, we're seeing an incline, an increase in teenage males. We have to be aware of that. There's so much going on. We cannot sit back and think we can sit up and just live this. They want us to think individualized because what they're doing is they are systematically deactivating power marginalizing us, minimizing our impact until they get us to a point where we're irrelevant and unable to respond and they will destroy us. We've got to stand up. We've got to take action. We've got to be, get behind programs that are working. That's my challenge to you right now is get behind programs that are working. Get behind something. If you believe in something, show the people you believe in by getting behind them. And I'm going to challenge you to do that with me. If you believe in the work that Marion and I are doing and the people who work with us, uh, the Michael Jordans, the Dennis Johnsons and uh, Clarence Browns, so many other people, uh, too many to mention, uh, Dr. Michael Blanchard. Oh, man, this brother has been a blessing. Um, 
but so many others. If you believe in the work we're doing, show the support. There's always going to be a paragraph at the top of every description box in every video that will tell you how to help us. There's so many different ways. If you want to help uh, Black Man Lead, you can go to the GoFundMe page or directly with the page. If you want to give on the site, you can go give on the site. If you want to give through our Cash App account, we've got that set up. What we need is support. We need support in a way that we've never had it before. I'm going to continue to put in the work. I'm going to continue to put in the research. I'm going to continue to come up with answers. I'm also going to continue to be on the ground. Uh, I've, I've shared some videos. I don't like doing that, but I had some people request. I shared some videos of some places I've been and working with my kids. I've told, I promised my kids uh, when I first get with a group of kids and every group I've got, I promised them that they would not be a photo op. Because that's happened to so many of them in the community where groups and organizations show up, take some pictures, shoot some videos, show them working with the kids. After they get the funding they need, they bounce. I promised them they wouldn't be that. I promised them that my dealings with them were authentic and genuine and that I was there to fight a battle with them and help them win. And so I'm very careful about what I do with that. I want to honor that. But at the same time, people want to see it. So if you want to see it, there are a couple of videos showing some of the work I've done in the different places I've done it. Um, never going to see me with a one-on-one. When I'm one-on-one a kid, that kid has to trust me. That kid has to know it's just me and them and nobody else is going to be there. If they don't want me to tell mom and dad, and as long as it's not something they're about to do dangerous and harm themselves or others, that's between me and them. Now, by law, if I find out they're going to harm themselves or others, I have to let their mom and the authorities know. That's by law. So, but in other words, we're putting in work. And we're asking for your support. That's the challenge that I'm giving right now is to while you're still here, click on the uh, one of the links that whatever you want to support, whether it's Black Man Lead uh, or my wife's program, Ghetto's Forgotten Daughters. Uh, Ghetto's Forgotten Daughters, you can click the donate button and give uh, and you can specify what you're giving for. Uh, if it's Black Man Lead, you can do that, too. Or you can go to the uh, GoFundMe page. Obviously, go to the GoFundMe page. They get a little piece of it. Uh, but it does help us keep it organized and separate um, for that purpose. Whatever you need to do, we need your help right now. That's the challenge I'm giving to you because I'm going to war. I'm going to number one is I'm going to I'm going to actually produce a study that's going to combat and contradict what Joe Biden said because we need our black leaders, our black scholars out there doing that type of work. And what you have to understand is that type of work isn't cheap. Guess what I'm not doing with my my businesses that I run when I'm doing research for my people? Right. Not I'm not, I'm not earning money. But somebody's got to do it. There's so much that goes into this. And I'm not going to get into explaining that because I don't want to make it about that. But I'm telling you, that's a big part of what we need that we don't have. You know, we we, we we give very middle. We'll let uh, United Way pop up and talk about something, put a couple of uh, uh, kids, you know, in, in bad condition in front of you. Hell, the SBCA gets more than the black program. Shoot, they put a couple of sick dogs and cats and talk about we got to save them and we got so many days to save them. And the, 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 the uh, donations just running in. And white people, I watch them and they're on code. They can have a white person do something as dumb, stupid, just dumb. And you know it's dumb. And anybody with a brain knows it's dumb. But let that person have done that to somebody who's black and that black person is pushing back or the system is saying we're going to get you for it. And white people rise. Darren Wilson over half a million dollars. 
shoot, the kid who killed the nine people in church had a GoFundMe, people raising money for them. Every time they take it down off one place, they go start it up somewhere else. Over and over and over again, they do stuff to us and then get rewarded for doing it. It's almost like a damn retirement. Uh, the McDonald, the kid who killed uh, uh, Laquan McDonald, the guy who killed Laquan McDonald. Oh, man, they start raising funds for him. And then you, if you read some of the comments of how these people really think about us, some of the people you're working with every day at the office, in the warehouse, uh, you know, wherever you're at, out in the field, in the arena, wherever you're working, these are the people that are on there. Some of these comments are just unbelievable. But that's on us. That's something that we're going to have to work on. So I'm challenging you. Show some love, support what we're doing. But in the meantime, I'm out of here. Uh, I'm going to get back to you. This this Joe Biden thing is just really like blowing my mind, the way that they constantly throw that BS out there and expect us to swallow it, digest it, and keep moving. It's time for us to stand up and start thinking critically. It's time for us to examine and evaluate who we are and understand in that knowledge just how powerful we are. Hmm. On that note, I'm out. Thank <laughs> you.